Welcome to Space Waffles. I am your host, Arzu, and with me is a very special guest today. We have Tori. Hello. Oh, so excited to be here. Still so really hearing Darth Maul say Space Waffles. <laughs> I love that three so times. Which people listening won't be able to hear it, but it loops and we heard it like three times. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm not the upset. more Darth Maul, the better, honestly. Of course. But we are here today as part two of our Ewok series. So we are talking Caravan of Courage tonight. So for those who don't know, Caravan of Courage is an Emmy-nominated 1984 TV movie. It's wild to me that it's Emmy-nominated. Like, I mean, it was like a visual effects nomination or a special effects nomination, but it is still an Emmy-nominated special. It's really good. Like, like I agree. I agree. It was freaking out Candace a little bit that the Ewoks don't blink, but I mean, Mickey Mouse at Disney Parks just learned how to blink. Some things just don't blink, you know? It's fine. Ewoks don't need to blink. Yeah. So Caravan of Courage was, is a very straightforward story about a family that crash lands on Endor. Their kids get separated from them. There is this adorable angel child and an off-brand Luke Skywalker. (laughs) And they are, look. I, that's the vibe they were going for. It's not the kid's it's fault. Like, he just very he like, like very scary Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He's a little bit scary, but it's like alarming how much this child looks like a preteen Mark Hamill. I'm no, like, it's true. It's very true. Very clearly. Like he's wearing the Halloween costume. He got the whole deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they are found by the Ewoks, led by our precious Wicket, and they agree to help them find their parents. So it's pretty... It's a pretty straightforward story. Um, so my question for you, Tori, before we really get into it, is had you seen this before? So I think I did forever ago. And it being on Disney Plus, of course, has been an ability to watch it again. So I actually hadn't gotten around to watch it because I've kind of been enjoying the other vintage stuff. Um, and, of course, you invited me on, so I watched it. Just yesterday, actually, because I want it to be fresh. And uh, wow. That's what I have to say is wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's I and I know we're going to get into it because I see it in the notes. Like I know people like clearly people hate it. There's people that exist that hate this. Um, I love the holiday special, though. And it's like that same vibe of like sometimes I feel like sequences when you look at them, they go a little bit longer than maybe they should. <laughs> things like that you know but i think it's because they're with like this in the holiday special it just seemed like such an opportunity to like do that world building and do just like whatever weird thing they wanted to do so i love it love it see that's my thing is i went into this expecting to hate it because i like i don't know what this is and i don't have any nostalgic attachment to it but i feel like if i had seen this when i was a kid i probably would have loved it oh yeah and Mm -hmm. i didn't mind it like now, there was there were some moments that, like you said, they went on just just a half a beat too long. Like Mace being stuck underwater comes to mind. <laughs> just, like, just watching a child drown for like, <laughs> several minutes. Jeez, this is fine. Just keep the camera on him. Just... <laughs> Hope that kid got hazard pay. Honestly, well, he barely got a costume. They bought him a they bought him an X wing pilot Halloween costume, and they're like, "There okay, you go." Listen, the vest was cool and different, but you're right; it looks like a. They definitely like. We're like, oh great, we found a kid X wing jumpsuit. Perfect. Like, this will be well, the I base mean, for the outfit. The budget went to hair curlers for Sindel. That's. that's what I mean, happened. you know, and I would like to say that I think that that's worth it. 
I agree. That she is looked good. <laughs> the most adorable little angel child I have ever seen. Seriously, like just like a cherub, just like She's perfect. So cute. I thought she. I thought she was gonna annoy me, and I adore this this kid. She is just adorable. No, she was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> so they're on this adventure on Endor. The Ewoks do not speak a word of basic. I guess they they pick up the odd word here and there. But this is me diving in way too deep right off the top. But this is pre Return of the Jedi, right? I would assume that's an was interesting it to be? question. Um, I maybe I'm Do gonna look know? it up if that's okay. Okay, Caravan of Courage wow. and Timeline. Yep, here we go. Oh, so this is actually supposed to be after the Return of the Jedi. Interesting. 150 years after Return of the Jedi. Wait, hang on. That's what it, okay, that's what the that's what the Wikipedia says. What? So this is Which is like, wild because this is like after Ray. Post- <laughs> this is Listen. after everything we've ever seen. This is the farthest along in the Star Wars <laughs> canon. I mean, this is probably not canon anymore, right? But this I mean, is the farthest into the future that we've gone. So hang on. So first of all, no, you wait forever. So this can't be, but this, can, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not someone who particularly is like going to be mad about canon or retconning or whatever, but unless Wicket's kid is chilling somewhere else, Wicket had a kid at the end of the rise of Skywalker. So. Right. Maybe he's in college. I mean, it's I mean, been 150 years, so maybe that's what happened. I don't forever. know. I mean, yeah, really, honestly. Okay, so here it is, folks. You've been asking for post sequel trilogy content, and this there is it. it is on Stop Disney complaining. Plus. <laughs> you have two full length post sequel trilogy movies. That is no reason they can't be canon. They're canon See? in my heart, honestly. So that's all that matters. We've settled it. <laughs> okay, so when they first find the kids, and they have that whole moment i don't this is just such a random thing but it made me laugh extremely hard um given when it's set like when it was filmed so like mid 80s um when mace is asking one of the ewoks about food the ewok turns around and the subtitle says that the ewok is offering him kush i okay okay i lost it i was like (laughs) serious right now i was sobbing and i'm like you know if this was like the 40s or whatever or like nowadays and like you know maybe people now don't know what the slang is i'm like but this is like right at the heart of you should you should know what you're saying oh yeah like that was intentional for sure i mean i can't imagine it wasn't (laughs) like why wouldn't it be so much better yeah that and was it they said lurdo which a few times i think i looked up hold on what was lurdo what did lurdo mean again i looked it up and i was laughing hold on Lurdo means loser. That's what it was. <laughs> so anytime they like look at the kid, they're like Lurdo, and they're like, "You freaking loser!" Like, <laughs> no wonder he's so aggressive. You can tell they don't like him. That okay? Listen, I I am not gonna come out and say that I hate a kid, but Mace is like a difficult child for most of this film. He's testing our patience. He oh, consistently testing our patience, and just like. <sighs> What? The reason they leave him underwater so long. Oh, truly, yeah. Probably. They're like, teach this kid a lesson just a little Good. bit. The only reason they pull him out is so they don't freak Sindel out. That's the only thing. I died when they – so, like, 
I mean, I don't know. Are we going to go through this chronologically? I don't want to like throw it out of whack. We can we can jump all over. Random. Okay, great, fantastic. So the part where they're like, which I want to say by the way, when they first are like off on their caravan of courage, right, and they're like all together and they're like leaving the town, the music that plays reminds me so much of like the Fellowship song from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like I was sitting there and I was like, oh yeah, they're going on an adventure. Like. <laughs> It's so good. But so prior to that, they have the whole bit where they're like giving each person like some Their sort item. of specific item. Yeah. And they just give the kid a rock. Were you doing the Charlie Brown thing too? <laughs> no, but it's amazing. No, I just, I could, I was like, this is hysterical because the kid's like, I don't want a rock. And like, of course, it's not just a rock, but it was just absolutely hilarious to see everyone get like really cool things and they were like this lordo gets a rock i am convinced that ewoks are the galaxy's biggest trolls purely because oh absolutely in the cartoon like fine when they're on endor just by themselves and they're speaking you know english it's like okay they're speaking their own language and it's just for us that it's in english but then later in that one random episode where the Empire gets involved and they're speaking to like droids and all of this, they're still speaking English. So these Ewoks are fluent in basic <laughs> and they are just deliberately messing with Mace. I mean, again, we cannot good. blame them. Good. No, yeah, I can't. I really can't, honestly. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Oh, my God. So Candace couldn't couldn't join us tonight. She's having technical difficulties, but she did send some thoughts along. Yes. I would like us to to reflect on um so when they get when the ship crashes and they separate and the parents are calling for their kids and i guess saying we're not mad at you for disappearing in a ship crash they never actually check inside the ship which i didn't notice but a plus parenting i i yeah honestly and i i feel so confused about how everything went down with the parents and the kids and the separation like i i don't know it did seem like it didn't have to happen but I guess we wouldn't have a story, so <laughs> it happened purely for purely for plot reasons. Yeah, like I, I still, I'm still fuzzy on what exactly went down and if it had to happen. Like I don't think so. I just think those parents are like, they I don't know. One look at Mason. They're like, we gotta lose him. They're like we gotta lose this kid, please. <laughs> this is our chance. So she also made the point that this movie, which I do recall from like other people saying it, they have horses and chickens. And they have ferrets too. So they just have straight up earth animals okay scream screaming about the ferret i screamed when i saw the ferret in the movie i was like in a bad way shut up no just like oh my god that's a ferret oh okay (laughs) it's the dank ferret again Um, that was the first that was the first ever appearance of the dank ferret um no uh i yes and i had known about chickens because the um it's been it was already a thing and it's called Tip Yip, and that's you can get that at Galaxy's Edge is the Andorian Tip Yip, which is the right. fried chicken. So I knew about the chickens. The horses was interesting. I don't know if I knew about the horses. Um, I really enjoyed like the stuff that they put on the horses to be kind of like decorative, and then I enjoyed that weird little like carriage hut on its back right. that they sat in. That was kind of fun. I liked that. These Ewoks, though, are so innovative because – Oh, his name? yeah. Deej, like the one who makes the hang glider. Maybe yeah. it's not Deej. I don't remember which one it is. The hang gliding was so fun. That was so much fun. And he just seemed like he would know where to land it. And I'm like, I don't know how this works, but I'm like, I am here for it. I'm like, the only reason Ewoks live in trees is because they're too busy being innovative everywhere else. 
they don't have time to like build other structures. Yeah, they're literally just making all sorts of inventions. Yeah, amazing. I love. I, love, I, I actually genuinely enjoyed this movie. No, I, I did really too. Didn't think I was going to. I had a great time. Like I'll probably honestly watch it again. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I will say though, because this is Star Wars. There were people when this came out who were so unbelievably joyless about the whole thing. <laughs> Correct. Because what is Star Wars if not joylessness persevering? So, so Colin Greenland for Imagine Magazine was Ugh, calls Colin. this a casual catalog of magical falderall about various ancestral talismans carried by questing koalas. It certainly <laughs> oh did the trick for the eight and nine-year-olds in the front row, but seemed to make little sense to their moms or dads or to me. So here we have well, in 1984 already grown men upset that this is not made for them. But he even says it worked. It might, it did the trick for the eight and nine-year-olds. So like, that's the whole point, my guy, like what you should have just want? stopped there. Yeah, like, just, shh, shh, Colin. Like, what? (laughs) That's wild to me. Oh, my gosh. It's interesting, too, because one of my favorite things when you watch, and I mean, I think this happens all throughout Star Wars because clearly the originals had it, but something that I think is so interesting about the originals that maybe we kind of lose sight of is, like, thinking about, for example, like, the Dianoga scene. And I said this before with this show and, you know, kind of like with the holiday special, I feel like they are a little bit longer because they kind of have that liberty as opposed to a movie, right? That went to the theater. But like, there are so many weird things that like don't really need to happen for the story, but like they happen anyway, like the Dianoga or like something like that, you know? So it's like, I don't understand why people get so like, this is, I don't know, like so unlike the original star wars like this isn't my star wars and it's like but it's so like it's similar it's really similar it's pulling from the same weird stuff (laughs) but the thing is when it's like a lengthy action scene like the battle on hoth like nobody cares that that goes on for way too long because it's what they want to see like i think hoth could have been 10 minutes shorter i mean yeah i get it but you know but i bet colin greenland didn't have anything to say about that no, Colin Greenland did not. But we no. don't care about what Colin Greenland says. We do not. No. I also don't understand his problem with being like, this is too magical with the ancient talismans. I'm like, but this is a different story in the same universe. I guess this is, this isn't even pre-EU. Like, those books were coming out already. Yeah, I don't understand that hang up either because, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, watching it, I was like, makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, like, why wouldn't it? <laughs> with all this weird magical stuff, I'm like... That checks out. Cool. Maybe we're just used to Star Wars being weirder than Colin Greenland was. See, I want it to be weirder. I don't think it's weird enough. Oh, I agree. I think they I think they tend to fall back on the same sorts of things. I don't want to push that envelope. We're here for it. Absolutely. This movie is just as innovative as the Ewoks themselves. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting than some of the other more serious stuff that people like Colin are into, I bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was salty, but I stand by it. No, you're not wrong. Um... <laughs> We're not wrong. We have one other review. This one is New York Times, which does not make it any more or less legitimate because he's still just whining. But John J. O'Connor calls the film story aggressively simple. And Mr. Lucas and crew do not come up with anything terribly astonishing. First of all, Mace was underwater. I, okay. What was it? Astonishingly, astonishingly simple? Aggressively simple. Aggressively simple. Sorry. Talismans, I, bro. I feel like that's so... I mean, again, up to people's interpretation. But when I watch this, I honestly feel like it's actually like pretty complex in its construction because they like go off and like have like 
you know, when I when I first turned this on, right, it was like what an hour and a half. Yeah, I think, and I was like, okay, so you know, they're obviously gonna like save their parents or whatever. Like, cool. They like went through a lot. There was like a runaway horse scenario. Someone almost <laughs> drowned. There were like fairies. Like, there was so much going on. Like, I don't understand how you could say it's like simple. <laughs> I they got a I lot could- done in an hour and a half. I was shocked. If you, like, reduce it to its basic parts, so it's, you know, kids get separated from parents, they find a new crew, this this team, like, with the help of their talismans, helps them find their parents at the end, sure. But any story can be reduced to basic well, exactly, beats. yeah. Like, Star Wars, like, A New Hope can be reduced to five or six very simple beats. But they do, you're right, they do so much in this movie that it, it's many things, but aggressively simple is not one of them. Josh J. O'Connor. Ugh. He's on my list. He's so on was my list. <laughs> I hope they're listening. They're probably not. But I hope they're not listening. listening. They don't care. They're like, the what? I saw that movie. I don't remember. Yeah, they probably don't even remember, to be honest. So we we sort of thought about this when we watched the Ewoks cartoon as well. But a lot of people have said that the Ewoks cartoon is how they would introduce kids, like young, young kids to Star Wars. And Candace and I both felt that that was probably not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. But do you think that this movie might be a good Galaxy Far, Far Away intro for kids? Because this I might actually, like, for kids who are maybe too young for A New Hope still. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm just chaotic and I would definitely just, like, show them A New Hope. But <laughs> I agree with that statement, actually. I think this is a really fun, I think definitely to drum up interest. Because I think, of course, you know, people will complain all day long about porgs and Ewoks and stuff, but like, you know, that's what the little kids love. So I think that this is, if you want something, cause I'm not saying that they wouldn't be captivated by a new hope, but I think as uh, Colin Greenland said, this does the trick. So I think this would definitely capture the attention of a, of a smaller child that maybe would not understand the more complex themes of a new hope. So we would be agree. really chaotic. Just sit them in front of Re- revenge of the Sith and don't explain anything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> No, The Rise of Skywalker. Can you imagine? I want to get them into Star Wars. I don't want to get them to hate it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, there was one child in my screening whose thousand-yard stare during the end credits haunts me still. But anyway. Oh, that's so sad. It no. was so sad. But his sister was sobbing. It was a whole thing. Oh, my God. That's really depressing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me. Um, can we talk about uh, Candace's one note that has stuck with me, which is his name is Mace. What if he's named after Mace Windu? And I just want to say that, like, clearly this is not something that, like, I wonder if someone was like, I just really like the the name Mace. And, like, that's how it got passed to Samuel L. Jackson's character. But, like, and obviously this came out before all of that. But I would like to think that since this is 150 years after Return of the Jedi, that people are talking about, like, like people have talked about Mace Windu and he's like a legend. I would love to think that this kid is named after Mace Windu. That'd be really cool. The out of order nature of Star Wars storytelling means that that is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yes. He Can- is. It is canon. It's canon. He is named after Mace Windu. <laughs> Mace is like out there in the forest looking at this whiny kid named after him going, no, this is not okay. <laughs> no way. <laughs> this is my namesake. <laughs> I hate this. Oh my god. But yeah, probably. I mean, I feel like realistically it was probably just around and they're like, well, I liked that name when we used it and nobody's really watching that anymore. Yeah, and that's not canon anymore, so might as well keep the name because it's a good name. I mean, it's a fun name. 
I like it. I'm still just shook that this is 150 years after I, the rise you know, of Skywalker. I mean, that's what Wikipedia says. I'll, I'll, I'm going to look it up again when we're off, when we get off here, just to make sure. But that's alleged, allegedly, that's what, that's what it is. Which I mean, I, I think kind of makes sense. I think they were kind of going, you know, going long with some stuff, you know, to make it sound more interesting and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's not really canon anymore. So again, I, though, I get that canon in, in my heart. So. It's it's canon in that there is nothing 150 years post Rise of Skywalker to contradict it. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I mean, Wicked Son's off at college. I don't know. Yeah, and if it's not the same Wicked, then maybe he's named after that Wicked. That mm. they just pass their hoods down. That's cute, actually. Like no, that. but wait, wait. No, but wait. No, but wait. The cartoon has like Wicked and. Like, all the other characters and Master Logre, who I remember because he's got an amazing voice in the first season of the cartoon. Um, like, all of these characters are in the cartoon, and that happens while the Empire's in power. Okay. So, I mean... Oh, man. Oh, Unless wait. they're all named after those characters and it's just completely different cast of Ewoks. Yeah. There we go. That's better. <laughs> I really don't want to lose this 150 years in the future idea. No, I love it. That's really cool. You know, I feel like... So many interesting things are happening right now that I'm sure we'll be more privy to as the end of the year approaches with, like, characters coming back and such, you know? And, like, we've already had that with Cad Bane and stuff. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, (laughs) what if at the end of one of these shows it's just, like, an Ewok thing? Like, I don't even know. (laughs) Just an Ewok shows up from one of these these movies. Book of Boba Fett. I just really want an Ewok bounty hunter who just went rogue, left Endor, and is like, I'm moving to Tatooine. I want to, I'm, I'm going to try and say the name. I don't want to mess it up, but I wrote it down because his death changed me. Um, Chukachuk, yeah. I would like for him to not be dead. Surprise. Well, no I guess ever really gone. Boba Fett, he would I'd definitely still be alive, but whatever he comes back in, he didn't die. <laughs> no, he didn't. No he one's did ever die. really gone. It was just a ruse to get away from the child. <laughs> Mace was driving him up He's the like, wall. I don't want to like, be nope. this kid anymore. I'm going to pass away. <laughs> you ever have a kid so annoying? You're just like, death is preferable. I want to say I enjoyed that scene, particularly because Mace was like crying and was like, please don't go. Please don't go. And then like the, the Ewok goes. And <laughs> he's just like <laughs> in a two second turnaround. He's just like, well, thanks for the axe. And he just like skips away. <laughs> It was all for show. It was we all see for show. you, Mace. It was, yeah, it was a <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it was. Oh my god! I'm so sorry to anybody who's a Mace lover in the crowd. It's it's not happening for us here today. You know what? If there is a Mace lover in the crowd, like make yourself known. Like Mace Tawani stands, come yeah. forward. Yeah, let us know in the comments. You know, let us know what it is about this great value no name brand luke skywalker that appeals to you so oh mace oh dear i have to say so i know you said it was emmy nominated right Mm -hmm. and just and you said it was for effects and stuff i was like really impressed and i really enjoyed watching this movie because it kind of reminded me of i think it was an old uh movie of the odyssey with like the the cyclops and everything like it was really cool to see how they filmed the giant and all of that and kind of just like now which am i complaining cgi and everything are just fantastic and very interesting but it's cool to see like back at that time frame kind of like working with what you had and making the the camera angles work for you and like just really trying to make and i mean i think it worked out perfectly i mean very convincing beautifully done yeah but it was just really cool to see them 
work that and of course make you know the Ewoks look really small and and all that. I I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I like the thing is I understand the use of computer visual effects because back then if they had access to computers, hundred percent they would have used it. But oh, of course, yeah. But there is something very cool in like the artistry of making these creatures work, you know, with practical effects and making the giant work with practical effects. And mm-hmm. I keep coming back to it, but Mace being stuck underwater for that long probably wasn't that hard to do. But, you know, like the water effect, in fact, that it did look like he was in water for an extended period of time. Like that's all really, that's all really cool and really well done. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that, you know, it's, it's a very weird story. It's. <laughs> It's interesting in a lot of ways, but I don't think, you know, in terms of like, I mean, I love the costuming. I loved the, all of the set work and everything. Like they really didn't, you know, skimp out on anything. I don't think visually prefer me anyway, you know, of I'm course, not- as we said, I feel like, you know, with our current technology, could w- would things be better? Like totally. But I think, I don't know. I think it holds up. I agree. I get like, I'm, it doesn't feel any different than you know, any Star Wars special coming out now would. Like, no. like plot-wise, if they had done this computer animated, this could have easily been any of the computer animated things coming out now. It's just the the aesthetic is very 1984, but I shouldn't say that because that makes sound like I'm talking about the book. I know. The aesthetic it's so funny. Is very, Every time you say 1984, I'm like, uh, Mid-80s. The aesthetic is very <laughs> mid-80s. Not yes. at all Orwellian. But yeah. yeah, like the, not to, this is going to be a bit of a strained metaphor, but you know, like going on a quest from point A to point B for reasons none of us are sure of is is the show that's currently airing on Disney Plus. Like that's Bad Batch right now. You know what I mean? So you give it, this isn't exactly like the Bad Batch. The plot has nothing in common, but the sort of odd group coming together dynamics, sharing a common goal sort of thing is very Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Did sure. that make sense? I hope that made sense. No, that made a hundred. Yes, that made a hundred percent sense. Any more thoughts? I'm trying to. I enjoyed the weird thing in the tree that like <laughs> ate um, Mace's arm for like a minute. That was really fun. Um, I really oh. liked the. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You go. I was. Gonna say, I liked the the visual effect of the fairies themselves. Like this is going to sound so random, but it reminds me of like that those pictures from like a hundred years ago of like those girls who had like paper fairies in their yard and they had half the world convinced that they were real fairies. Which yeah, was, no, I really like yeah, the look of them those? too. Yeah. The one had like I can't remember the name. She had a name. It was like Ezemenia or something like that. Oh, I hang, on, remember. hang on, I have it written down. Her name is Isrina. Oh, definitely messed that up. That's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I love that effect, and that's the thing is like, of course, that wouldn't be how how it would really be done, you know, today. But I thought it was so fun and so cool and, like, pretty well done, honestly. Yeah, no, it, re- it really was. And it, I almost feel like if they did that now, it would have been very photorealistic. It would have been a tiny woman, presumably. Yeah. But this is almost cooler. I agree. I agree. And that whole little – that scene was cute, actually, where it was, she was, like, tickling them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> tickling me. And he's like, I think she eats giggles. <laughs> And then what was her name? Sindel. She's like, she's a giggle eater. I was like, this is so weird, but I love it. It's weird, but we're here for it. (laughs) I I just have to bring up that horse chase scene because that is so funny to me where she was like, Sindel's like climbing into the little like top of the horse tent. And then uh, Mace is like helping her up or whatever. And then Wicket, I guess, just decides to like scare the horse (laughs) on accident (laughs) And then the horse takes off and, like, I just <laughs> – Mace just immediately is like, you have to go get her! 
just like so dramatic i mean of course it's serious but it was just that's what i mean by like these things are so like just random off the cuff stuff is happening but it's okay and that's part of the fun it all works yeah so one thing i saw when i was like researching for this and i do think this is interesting is george lucas gave eric walker who plays mace and warwick davis who plays wicket he gave them like little cameras while they were on set because they're teenagers right yeah and he told them just kind of go around and film whatever and they put like a little documentary together of what? the whole making of process. Yeah. And it's not um, I love available that. anywhere. Oh my God. But I would like it to be. Oh, actually, it might be on YouTube. It's, yeah. It's probably like hidden somewhere. Yeah. I bet it is on YouTube. But that would be pretty cool to. That'd be cool to see. Like, I'd be interested in watching that. Because we don't get like that raw, kind of unfiltered look at Star Wars anymore, right? It's all so very. It's very polished, even right if it, it is behind the scenes. Yeah. I would love to see that. That sounds amazing, though. I. Ugh. Especially if the, I if I find it before the this comes out, child. I will put it down in the show notes. Oh, cool! And you gotta let me know. I know you'll let me know. It's fine. <laughs> so, was there anything else that you can think of? I am out of notes. Um, it's great. I will be watching it again. Yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I don't really know what else to say here. I um, I really appreciated. I assume they used the same suits for the Ewoks that they did um for the movies but everything just looked great beautiful quality yeah. and, and don't be like sindel and mesa's parents i don't know what is going on there it's not <laughs> a lesson in parenting it's not a good i don't know if it's a good parenting situation that's all i'm gonna say i don't know how they lost their kids so quickly because <laughs> they were trying to because they wanted to lose mace and they're like well that's gotta be the only reason sindel's gotta sindel is just a casualty oh. of the need to lose mace <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep bringing things up. I promise this is the last thing I no, have. No, no, no. I meant to bring this up earlier. When the beginning where Sindel gets sick, I, like, <laughs> just the picturing, because, like, every time the camera pans, like, it's away from her, and then it goes back to her, she's, like, increasingly wetter. Like, someone was, like, standing over her with a spray bottle of water, just making her look as disgusting as possible <laughs> for these scenes where she's just, like, coughing. I anyway. distinctly remember screaming at the TV. I'm like, wipe her nose. Like this is this is too much. It's too much. She's a very cute child, but these these little bears have jugs of water everywhere. Like somebody just wipe her face, please. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so on that note, we absolutely recommend this movie. <laughs> yes, we do. 100%. Cannot recommend it enough. I think it's great. I think if you want something fun and not super serious in Star Wars, like this is it, you know? Yeah. It's a good way to good way to introduce your kids if you're not sure that they would be into into Star Wars. I mean, like, why wouldn't they be? But if you're not sure, it's a good way to ease them into it. Yeah, big agree. So thank you so much, Tori, for coming on to talk Caravan of Courage with me. Oh, of course. I had such a good time. Thank you. I'm so glad that like I watched I had an excuse to watch it and ugh, amazing. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Absolutely. Um, all of my socials are at the Mandatorian. That's Mandalorian, but the L is a T. Um, <laughs> that's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can check out uh, my show, The Mandatorian Creed, on Octo Radio. That's at Octo Radio on all social channels. So yeah. And we can be found. So we can be found on Twitter. That's where we mostly live at geeky underscore waffle. We are everywhere else at the geeky waffle including facebook instagram and tiktok we also have a patreon where we post our waffles after dark exclusives and my personal handle is at arzu amin so thank you all so much for listening don't lose your kids on purpose on endor and may the waffles be with you <laughs>